Hey, it's Salem Vex from Blood Bather, and you're watching Interview Under Fire. All right, welcome back to Interview Under Fire, everyone. It is yours truly, Sonny, here, along with a very special and talented guest, Salem Vex. Man, thank you so much for joining our podcast today on IUF, man. You know, this is a big time of the year for you and Kyler over at Blood Bather with the release of your newest EP, Silence. We just recently dropped October 9th on Rise Records. You know, first off, congratulations on all of the well-deserved recognitions be getting so far, especially within that time frame that it's been out. And shout outs from like Revolvers, Subterranean, Invisible Oranges. It's the list goes on. But before we get to all that, Salem, I'm going to ask you a very important question to start things off. And it's a very simple one, but I think it's a, an important one to ask considering the, the state of frame that we are in these days. How are you, dude? <laughs> you know, how have things been for you and Kyler, you know, since this whole different world we're in right now? How's everything in Florida? Are you in Florida right now? How's life out there? Yeah, yeah, I'm in Florida. Thanks. Thanks for the introduction. I appreciate that. Um, things are things are all right. You know, we're uh, we're just pushing through. Obviously, we'd rather have not been in quarantine during this release and tour on it. But uh, we're just adapting and doing our thing. We're already writing some new stuff. So we're just keeping it pushing. Okay, that got that has me excited already. You know, being away from the stage a lot as of late, how are you keeping up your guitar chops and instrumentations these days? Is that is that affecting your musicianship? Has anything changed for you routine-wise at all? Uh, I actually play our album through every single day, so I don't forget it. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Because <laughs> I'm one of those people where it's like, I need a tour with our stuff or I'll completely forget our songs. So, um yeah, no, I've just been practicing every single day with the songs. Just honestly, I probably got better at guitar because I've been uh, I've been just doing like exercises. I got some like guitar book from my homeboy and I'm just like, I want a new acoustic. I'm just trying to keep my chops up, trying to, you know, still still maintain whatever uh, skills I got. Does this does this pandemic now that you're home, you know, but, you know, you've been staying busy, which is easier said than done to do during these days. Has this opened up new things for you personally and artistically that you may have not noticed before about yourself? Uh, yeah, honestly, um, during this pandemic, I've I really started getting back into uh, like fitness and stuff, like working out. Um, I started reading books again. Um, uh, just really getting back into like watching movies that I that I like, and then just diving into like different you know movies that I'm now into. So I don't know. I'm just trying to. Just trying to take it easy instead of kind of working myself to death. Okay, so from one movie fan to another, what's one movie you're into right now that you've been watching or the most recent one that you've watched? Um, I actually watched Hostel, which is really, really good in my opinion. But, yeah. Uh, but my favorite, the one, one that I've watched over quarantine was probably like 1984, the George Orwell book that's like got adapted to a movie. Yeah. That one's really, really cool. And um, Equilibrium as well. It's oh like Christian gosh. Bale. Okay, yeah. so we could probably just do an entire segment on that alone if we're going to talk about movies. So, of yeah, course, I movies, love movies. man. So I don't know if you're, you know, this this is this is a this is a side topic, but have you have you gotten a chance to uh, get around to the haunting of uh, Blind Manor yet? No, I didn't. Okay, if you have a chance, uh, have you seen the first one, The Hill House, that came out two two years ago, I believe? No, I haven't actually. So, so I'm getting the sense you're into horror. If uh, I'm. 
I don't know if that's yeah, yeah, true or not. So definitely. I'm actually a newcomer to horror. So I highly recommend it, you know, considering, I mean, Bloodbather and then just with the horror element that you guys kind of portray in that. Yeah. I think that that'll go amazing. Like, I think that'll appeal to your interest. So anyone who's listening to this podcast, The Haunting of Hill House and The Haunting of Blind Manor, that's definitely something I'd recommend, especially with Halloween around the corner. But again, yeah, yeah. we could talk about a whole different episode just about this alone. So <laughs> I'll definitely check that out. Yeah. You know, another thing that's been in the norm is, you know, you guys did do some touring, essentially, you and Kyler. And even though you guys were formed in 2018, you played along with Whitechapel, Carnifex, of Mice and Men, and at the notable This Is Hardcore Festival, you know. And mm -hmm. that, that's a big part about you guys, the live presence. So I wanted to ask you, Salem, you know, being on the road as long as you have, with the amount of experience that you've taken in, even within that short time frame, what was your favorite part about touring? Because now you're kind of taking, like, an unseen step back. And does it make you have a growing appreciation of the touring life because we're talking culture fans even the food there's just so many things to pick apart about what makes touring life amazing what was your biggest takeaway for it personally uh touring just just meeting new people meeting new friends becoming really close with you know different bands that are from all over the country that you know have a similar mindset similar you know interests that that we do and we're all doing the same thing because we love it um, I definitely miss that. And, you know, touring is, touring has always been hard, you know, uh, it's, you know, we're, we're a really DIY band and, you know, it's always been really hard for us to tour and, you know, make money with it. So, um, it's definitely, it's definitely, I appreciate it way more than I've ever appreciated it before. And I, I can't wait till it's back. I really can't. Um, I guess it's just, we're just playing a waiting game. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, as far as the waiting game, we don't even know. I mean, we said, oh, just a couple months. And now we're talking maybe a whole year. So who knows what happens in 2021 going forward. And, you know, a very popular topic on the show within the last six months. I mean, I didn't even know I was going to be in podcasts six months ago. And here I am. But I wanted to ask you, and, and you've seen this. We've all seen this live streaming. A lot of the bands have been doing what they're doing on stage, taking it to the screen like we're doing right now, trying to make the best of the situation. Do you think the quarantine-induced live streaming surge we're seeing from these bands right now, like, you know, Code Orange, Lama God did one, Behemoth did one, is that going to affect the touring musician business going forward? Do you still see bands doing this even after all this is over? I see bands still doing the live streams. I mean, it's definitely a convenient thing maybe for the fans, but I don't think it's ever going to replace the live show ever. I mean, there's, there's no comparison between the energy that you – just everything in a live show is just going to be way better. It's, it's way more intense. It's way more real and it's just genuine and it's something that can't be replaced. So um, I, I think live streams are cool. You know, I think code orange definitely did a great job. Static dress did a great job. Um, but I don't really see, uh, I think live streams will be supplementa uh, supplementation for live shows, but not ever yeah. replace them ever. Yeah, you know what I did two years, uh, two years, two months ago, I went to the Metallica live streaming. I don't know if you knew about that. They did that uh, for that weekend. I don't know if it was just one day or two days. They did the whole North America live streaming for a concert. Believe it or not, that was my first time ever going to Metallica event. So you can't make this up during a pandemic. Dallas sold out and then they did the whole live streaming for it was like at a driveway and you just see a sea of cars. And what's the popular thing we hear, you know, when you're on stage? Oh, let me see those horns. And what do you see? A sea of horns of just, you know, fans just throwing the horns up. And instead of what do we get this time around? Uh, they were saying, oh, here, 
let me hear you guys honk your horns. So if you rolled on your window, you just hear just uh, a sea of cars just honking their horns. It was the most craziest thing I've ever experienced. You know, it just made me miss the live streaming even more. So yeah, uh, take it to your point. You know, it's a, it's making the best of the situation is, I mean, we, we have to do it. I mean, there's no way around it at this point. And yep. of course you can talk about the bands who are trying to do the drive-in shows in person. I think Dora Pesh did one. Beyond the Black. We had Jennifer from from Beyond the Black on the show talk about how she did the whole performing on stage with the cars in front. I thought, you know, hey, they're doing it. It works. So, but I don't know how long yeah. this is going for. So, again, I know live presence is a big part of who Blood Bather is, and and that was a great answer that you had because no, there's no right or wrong answer. A lot of fans, a lot of bands would be like, okay, I don't want to do anything until all this is over. Or some bands would be like, yeah, it's a good way for me to engage with the fans. Have you guys thought about live streaming like at all, you and Kyler? Uh, we thought about it. Um, we're still in talks and kind of just figuring out how to do it correctly. I mean, I don't even think live streaming is like the best way to do it. I think if you could just mm. do a YouTube video of a live show, it's like the same concept. Um, so I think we're going to kind of go that route, maybe do like a kind of live playthrough type thing. Uh, not live, sorry. A uh, Just like a video playthrough of like the new album or something like that where yeah, it's just like, like a, a live pre-recorded like just yeah just like a recorded because the whole live stream thing is definitely a hard thing to pull pull off there's a lot of ways where it can go wrong so um you know it i think we're just trying to maximize the not fucking up because i'm not the best with like twitch <laughs> <laughs> and you know that's definitely a challenge i've seen i've seen artists who be like oh i've never used twitch before and then now does twitch is like an everyday thing now again this is us wearing doing zoom this is it's the norm now so here we yep. are so i know we covered everything from top to bottom i promise we'll talk about the new ep right now because it's 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 amazing shit let's start with rise records dude 2019, mm-hmm. I mean, Acacia Strain, Dance Gavin Dance, Make Them Suffer, Seven Dust. They have a plethora of just talented artists along that catalog, and you guys are added onto that. What was the most reporting? What was the most rewarding part about signing with such a prominent label like Rise? Did it make going into the studio that much easier? Was there any pressure? Pun intended. Your first album was pressure. <laughs> uh, th- there was some pressure. I-, I work good under pressure though, so it's fine. That's good. Um, <laughs> We, I mean, Rise has always been like a a dream thing for me if I ever had a band and it happened. So it's it's really fucking cool. And um, yeah, I mean, there's there's pressure, but, you know, you just have to learn how to work through it. And just like, I think I think this record's fucking sick. So I think we did a a pretty okay job at working through that pressure and we're ready to, you know, keep on upping that and, and getting even better and more uh intense with our music yeah speaking of fucking cool you know silence when i heard this record you know it was it was violent it was frenetic aggressive reminded me of vain we'll throw in code orange in there knock loose i'll even throw dillinger and arson choir in there it smashed my face over and over again to to the point where i didn't even take a sip of my coffee in the morning and i love coffee i'm finally having coffee right now and it's only five (laughs) five o'clock in the afternoon and and if you were able to make me do that, that's a great thing. I mean, and everyone who's listening, this is one of the heavy hitters out there. And and it took me by surprise. I shouldn't be surprised considering how much talent you guys have. But how Thank much so how much. much did think how much did things change from when you first started writing on silence, composing on silence, to where you ended up finishing it? Did a lot change in between? Did nothing change in between? Was there already a specific sound you and Kyler knew you wanted with silence? 
that's honestly a really interesting question because silence the the second song is actually the last song we wrote and i feel like that's more of the direction that we're going in now um so it did change a little bit um from like the first songs that we were writing uh which is like void like very synth based to like silence which is like a lot more live sounding a lot less more synths, uh kind of just more moshy parts and stuff um even though the whole thing is a mosh anthem type of thing um <laughs> but yeah yeah uh a writing process did change a little bit uh for the new album it's changed even more um like for the new new stuff that we're doing so we're just uh we're just trying to find our spot our sound i think silence definitely uh differentiated us from like everybody else so i think i think just going forward we even have um we kind of have our, our roots down where we need to be. And this was produced by Tate Mercer. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. So Tate Mercer, for my listeners who don't know, he's known, known for his work with Better Off, Chamber, and Hampton. Was there a sense of comfortability for you in the studio knowing that Tate was there? Uh, I mean, we we went into the studio really, um, really prepared. Like, I have a, a studio at my crib. And uh, all of our demos were basically, they didn't change at all. Like, um, I think we added like a little bit to the end of silence and then like a bridge on void. And that was like the only thing that we had to kind of get done in the studio. So, I mean, it, it was a pretty comfortable process just for the fact that the songs were done. It was just me like retracking the stuff. Um, but yeah, you know, Tate, Tate's definitely a fucking good guy, you know? Yeah, I mean, and, and I heard that. And, you know, you talked about moshing. Of course, I have the uh, freedom to mosh in my own room if I wanted to, which I did. This is why we're in the corner. <laughs> but, you know, Silence has been on repeat for in, in my studio for as long as it's been out. You know, between writing and structuring the songs and then the production process like we just talked about, what challenges did you personally face this time around that you may have not faced with Pressure or your other EPs? Wait, say it again. Sorry. <laughs> oh, no, no. You're good. <laughs> no, I was going to say, like, because we just talked about, like, the production process, you know, with Tate and then everything that you've done, structuring the songs. We talked about Silence and Void and all the songs that are listed in there between writing and everything that we just talked about. What challenges did you personally face this time around that you may have not faced with your Pressure album or the other EPs that you have had out? Um, just making things, I guess, a little bit more interesting, spicing them up. Um, also, you know, Kyler's Kyler's been uh, help with uh, the writing process now, so um, that's really different for me. I'm used to writing everything alone and kind of doing literally everything myself. So uh, finally, having like a kind of a voice, like "Oh, you should try this, you should try that," is it's been really helpful. And Kyler with the new new stuff has also been, you know, a really really driving force for for writing. So. Um, it's just, you know, just adapting, just changing. I'm glad that we have him in the band. Uh, he's super fucking talented. He's definitely uh, he's definitely one of the most talented people in this genre, in my opinion. Kyler also said silence is about being manipulated for a long time and realizing it, but not really <laughs> having the power to retaliate at the time, which then pressures you to become stronger to overcome this oppressive figure. Having said that, I wanted to ask you, to what level do you guys like to have a theme for your records and how important are themes to you? Is that more about helping you guys write or sound or is that more for the audience? Because a lot of artists, they don't really care about themes. They just do like 10 songs in the studio and that's it, But which is fine. Yeah. But I feel like you guys had a specific dilemma you wanted to achieve with Silence. 
Yeah, I mean, I've always written pretty thematically um, with my own records that I've done before. Uh, I like concept albums and stuff. Um, I think the silence concept kind of came at a later date without uh, without like really um, without diving into it before recording the the instrumentals because Kyler had to redo the vocals because um, our old vocalist was on it at the time. So we kind of just I guess we placed the concept upon it on like a later date. But um, yeah, I mean, that's that's the way that's the way that that I personally write. So it, it, it makes sense that it became kind of more conceptual. But um, I, I, I always liked thematic albums. I've always liked conceptual albums. I think they they just flow better and they just uh, they kind of feel better and more cohesive to listen to. Do you see silence as being a snapshot of where you are at a certain time in your life? Definitely. Uh, I think I think it, it paints. I mean, it even paints quarantine pretty well. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I don't even have to dive into that. Yeah, you can just <laughs> listen to the record. Yeah, people fucking suck. <laughs> Man, you know, uh, easier. I mean, that's the most simple thing you could just said about there. And, uh, you know, it's um, I have to agree, you know, it's and you find a lot of people showing the true colors, especially during this time. But, you know, oh, asking that question, asking that question, it's very interesting to hear artists perspective on the snapshot because you can look back on 2020 and be like oh this is the pandemic record mm-hmm. i you know you know that's easy to say but i feel like with silence you could look back and say okay this is a way for us to grow in a mm-hmm. way you know like we grew this way and with silence with any other album that came out this year salem i, I i'm sure you, you think about this like there's no protocol for a pandemic you know when it comes to an album release it's like okay here's this 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 we got to follow these protocols for this there's so many other things to follow if something happens but not for a pandemic man you know it's uh, i don't know if anything about scheduling change had effect on releasing silence did that even come into the conversation between you and kyler we i mean we were supposed to drop it in like march to be oh, honest wow. yeah so it got pushed back a lot um it was definitely, I mean, there's no protocol for it. Like you said, like, uh, it's not a normal thing for the world to shut down. It's not like a thing that yeah. happens a lot. So, uh, we just had to adapt and it's definitely been really hard, you know, definitely as a band that we are, we like playing live shows. We like having that energy live. We would rather have toured and promoted this album the traditional way, but we couldn't. So it was either, well, it wasn't even either. It was just we need to put this out because we have to. So um, it was definitely a, a kind of a hard decision. But um, I think uh, I think people paid attention to it. I think it, it, it caught people's ears. So I'm not mad. I just hope by the time that live shows come back, um, crossing my fingers for like maybe March 2021, uh, that people still are interested and ready to hear uh, the album live, how it should have been played, you know. Yeah. And, you know, I've interviewed a few artists. They say that an album doesn't feel complete until you have the opportunity to, to express it in person to the fans. Do you feel like that? I agree. Too? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a very interesting way to look at it because it, I mean, now you look back on the, on the other albums that you men, you know, grew up listening to, you know, now it actually does make sense. Speaking of like the live presence that you have, you guys come from Florida and what's Florida known for in, in terms of like the metal scene? It's death metal, you know, mm-hmm. and you guys are taking it up a whole different level. I mean, along with death, just hardcore, you know, industrial, you guys are really like, uh, you know, I want to say you're changing the game for the better. 
the lo- the local music scene, metal scene in Florida, like it's been growing, you know, and and you know, death metal, like we just talked about. How has that scene changed through your experience? Like you grew up in that. How are you able to take? Was death metal even part of your upbringing, and did you maybe even just turn that into what it is today? Uh, death metal was a, a pretty. I would say it's a pretty small part of my upbringing. I was really into mm. um, kind of like at first, obviously the Warped Tour stuff. Then I got into like metalcore, hardcore, uh, punk, um, death metal. Definitely, I mean, I was definitely into death metal. You know what I mean? Um, uh, it was it was like a little phase of mine, but yeah, I mean, I definitely listened to like fucking Obituary and like Joan Rod and all those nice. bands. Nice. Um, death, obviously, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it was it wasn't like a huge huge part it was probably more a huge part in uh kyler's eyes kyler's really into death metal so he's kind of the uh the death metal head but i mean the the scenes kind of changed throughout the years um i would say it's i mean with the pandemic i don't even know what is right now you know what i mean you can't even (laughs) tell like what band is still a band that was local like if they just gave up i don't even know anymore so uh, it's kind of a weird thing but before quarantine i feel like it was kind of getting back it was getting back to a a good point and then quarantine kind of just like uh made everything all confusing so i don't even know where everything stands right now i hope it's i hope it's still fun i mean i i think it's going to survive regardless you know florida scenes just in general whether it be like the goth scene to the hardcore scene to the metalcore scene i think it always will survive whatever fads and phases yeah, I feel like every every year there's like a new scene or maybe like this each generation just creates a scene of their own. And then yeah. it's, it's up to people like us to like even just continue that to a to a whole new direction where you can just evolve the music. And you, Kyler, Bloodbather, Silence, you guys are doing that. Having said that, you know, from where you started to where you are now, have your aspirations, Salem, ha- as a person or a band, have they changed or evolved since when you first started in the industry? Do you see things differently now? Uh, absolutely. I mean, it's, you don't know what it's like until you get it done and you don't know, you know, how things work until you're working on them. So, um, yeah, my aspirations are always changing. My goals are always getting bigger. Um, I started producing last year, uh, that went, you know, fantastically. I got like a number one on a rock chart with uh, poor Stacy. Um, you know, I was in like a video with like Ian Dior, Uh, who has like he is number one on billboard right now so um it's just uh it's definitely my aspirations are always changing and i always want to get higher and higher and more and more now so i mean i think uh it's just been you know like the past two years have been obviously a, a fucking journey a really hard one too but um i think it's just you know keeping me excited for the future and like what else i can get done and I definitely, uh, I mean, I never even thought I was going to get here. So I'm excited to go even further. You know, I don't have, I don't even have an end goal. I want to keep on going higher and higher. So, man, I'm excited for you. I didn't even know about that. Now we, again, like we could just create a whole different segment on that as well. Yeah. Has something like, you know, I have one last question for you because everything you just talked about, I didn't even know I was going to be asking this question, but now we're on that. If you weren't involved in music, what would you be doing right now? Has that ever crossed your mind? Uh, yeah, it's crossed my mind. Uh, before music, I was into skateboarding, um, but most mostly filming skateboarding. And I've always really been into like uh, media and stuff. So I'd probably be doing some type of media, uh, music videos or photography or graphic design, anything like that. So that's probably what I would be doing. I'm glad I'm not doing that. I'm glad I'm doing <laughs> music instead. 
Um, but yeah, I, I think those are like the only, I, I just love art. I love creating. I love anything that, that helps me express myself. So um, I think I would find a way to do music anyway. You know what I mean? Even if I wasn't yeah. here, even if I wasn't, you know, uh, where I am right now, I would still be doing music. So it's funny you say that because everything you just talked about, like what, what, what you would be involved in if it wasn't music, you could tie those things into music. To music, I mean, yeah. I mean, look, look at what you're doing. You did producing, like, and you ended up on, on like one of the top charts, like in the world. That's, I mean, that's a very humbling experience. That's, that's something to take, take from that. And I think that shows dedication to your craft and I'm hearing it and I hope everyone else hears it going forward. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely, uh, it's definitely crazy. I didn't think uh, I would go from, playing breakdowns to writing rock songs but <laughs> here we hey, are you're, hey, you're doing it well i, I mean I, yeah. i'm telling you as for as for as long as i've been listening to music you guys do you guys do it fucking well and and thank you man and, and that's a testament to what you've done you know uh salem we talked about everything from head to toe here you know do you have any last words like any shout outs is anything you want to plug or mention before we finish things off here uh yeah uh you could follow me uh salem vex on all things twitter instagram uh blood bather on all everything instagram twitter blah 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 um our album silence came out a couple weeks ago now check it out uh we have new music we have merch we have everything and uh stay safe wear a mask yeah <laughs> the last part i mean that can be stressed more enough and everyone is listening you know buy the merch buy the albums the bands can't do it without your help because i mean if you love the music support your artists and it gives them the chance to do what they want to do. It's it's a passion for what they have. And mm-hmm. I still buy albums. I still have, I saw like in, on the opposite corner of this room, I still have records just like piling on top of each other that, that I have bought this year. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to do what I can to support the artists that I love because it's, it's easier said than done. It's a very simple thing, but, you know, it's just a great gesture, you know. You know, definitely support Bloodbather and everyone is listening. Silence, the EP is out right now. It's been out for almost two weeks. Out on Rise Records. Yep. You know, listen to this podcast on interviewunderfire.com, on Spotify, Apple, all major podcast streams out there. Salem, man, this has been an honor, my man. Uh, we'll do this again in person. If you guys ever come to Dallas, I'm in Dallas, by the way. So, definitely. you know, we have a, you have a really good hardcore, metallic, industrial scene growing here. I mean, you, we'll welcome you with open arms. You know, you be safe awesome. out there. You know, Thank you. Florida, and uh, I'll see you next time, brother. Thank you, man. Uh, stay safe. Hey guys, thanks for listening to Interview Under Fire podcast. If you guys liked what you heard, please subscribe and share our channel. And please leave a five-star review as that helps us tremendously. And also, if you guys have any questions or comments, you can find us at Interview Under Fire at Facebook or at Instagram. Or you can write us directly at schwag at interviewunderfire.com. That's S-C-H-W-A-G at interviewunderfire.com. Or Rezablade. That's R-E-Z-A-B-L-A-D-E at interviewunderfire.com.